There is a day coming, a culmination of the ages when Jesus Christ will return to this earth. And there will be a day where history ends and Jesus is the rightful ruler and reigner of all the universe and all creation for all time will be known by every person and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I feel like we just got a snapshot of heaven, you know, and make no mistake about the fact that CCC exists to glorify and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And we've been so pleased to be a part of that uh, for the almost four years that my wife and our kids have been here. Um, in China, uh, we will, if I think we made an announcement last week and some maybe weren't here, uh, just to tell you that we are going to be leaving Beijing. It was not expected, not planned. It wasn't sought out uh, by our family, but, um, God over a period of several weeks. And I will tell you, I want you to understand what we, how we've come to this decision. We will be leaving in the late part of December, mid to late part of December. Um, so as part of the message today, I'll explain and kind of walk through that decision, um, But as I was thinking about, you know, the last kind of month that we're here and transitioning with the elders and the leaders and talking about the future of CCC, and I'm feeling overly responsible for some things that I don't need to be responsible for, and the elders have released us from that. But at the same time, I've been thinking through this church, your church, and you know what I've realized is this is the healthiest church I've ever been a part of. I mean, this is a healthy, balanced church spirit-led church, and I have great peace in my spirit. When we made this decision, I, the, the, the thing I didn't have peace about was, we're going to leave CCC, and I didn't really think this, but like, it's going to fall apart without me, you know, and of course, I didn't actually think that, but, but as I've processed this transition, it's like, this is the healthiest church that I've ever been a part of, so as part of the message today, I'm going to give you a couple of reasons why I believe that's true. Um, But I'll just start, I'll just kind of ramble and just tell you about our decision. When a decision happens with a leader, and Melinda and I have been in, you know, a part of the leadership team here at CCC for a while, um, I think you have the right to know, especially something that feels like short notice. So I'll I'll throw some scripture in and we'll we'll talk about the Bible, but um, I want you to, I'm going to talk about me first, okay? I want you to know about me, right? Um, So here's... Here's what happened for us when we came to China. Um, we got called to come to China. And there was no mistake about it. And I've told the story. Uh, we've had some fun answers to God in prayer. These kind of signs that pointed toward China. Figuratively and literally. And so I won't tell all that again. But we knew for sure four years ago that we were called to China. And we came. It's been an amazing adventure. Um, now the other part of that story that I want to tell this morning so you get a background and understanding because I'm going to be going back and taking a job as a pastor back at my home church in Orlando, Florida. It's a church where Melinda's been attending since 1986, um, and I showed up in 1990. So you can understand this is our our home church. This is where we met, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we've been, as we've been here, we've been there as well in our heart, and, uh, you know, talking with the staff members at the church that we know, which is a lot of them. Um, Now, what's been going on here for me in China is I've had a great job with a good friend for almost four years here. One job, one stable position. Uh, But the company I've been working with in China hasn't been doing well financially. And like so significantly struggling that five months ago I sat Melinda down and I made a budget, our family budget, 
And I said, I'm adjusting our family budget because I believe we're going to have no income soon. Like five months ago, I thought this will be the month we don't get paid from my golf job, which is, you know, our primary, you know, source of income for our family. And we got paid five months ago. Four months ago, I didn't expect to get paid, but we got paid. Three months ago, I didn't expect it, but we got paid. So God has been faithful, but we created a budget, you know, if no income, what does this look like? You know, maybe some of you have done that, right? And we were at peace with it, you know, but there was some stress involved, but we were really at peace with it. Um, so for the most part, my job here, I found out about a month and a half ago that my job as I have known it for four, three and a half years, almost four years in China is coming to an end on November 30th. Now there is a, a plan to go beyond that, but really, it, really it's coming to an end November 30th. So I've been walking with that. We've been walking with that as a family, totally at peace as opportunities. We figured something would work out. So that's kind of just background. So I got a call three or four weeks ago from the leader of my old church, who's not a guy that I knew because he and I were not on staff together. He came in as I was leaving. So we knew each other very, very casually, but never connected in these three and a half years that I've been gone or any of that. Um, And so I got an email from him. He said, hey, can we talk? And I'll try to streamline this because I want to get to the Bible here. We're going to do in a little while. Um, But he explained to me that um, the previous week, he had been in a, a, a... 10 days of fasting and prayer for a bunch of things going on in his life. And while he was fasting and praying, one day my name came to his mind. So names come to your mind, so he just let it go. And the next day my name came to his mind. And the next day my name came to his mind. And he said, God, why is Ralph's name coming to my mind? You know, he said, we don't have a job for him here. You know, I, why, I don't think about Ralph every day. Now, I think he should. Right? I mean, I think he should, but he told me, I don't think about you every day. I was like, I don't think about you either, okay? You know? So, that Ralph's name keeps coming to my mind. I'm fasting and praying. I don't know why his name's coming to my mind. The following Monday, his senior leader at the main campus of 2,500 people gave him his resignation because he's accepted a, a role in Wisconsin, which is where he wants to be, another state in America. So, of course, Don connected... God giving me him my name with this position opening up. So that's what started the conversation. Um, so I pay attention to these things. I think God works that way. So about three weeks ago, I went straight to the elders who have been absolutely amazing. Uh, we've met. We've had dinners. We've had breakfast. We've had meetings. And uh, the elders at this church are fantastic. And, you know, there, there, there's nothing that we haven't needed as a family in leadership that the elders haven't supported us on and helped us with. And, you know, moving forward, everything was very good. Um, so, but we began talking and praying. Um, and so Melinda and I, and I want you to know a little bit about how we process this because we started praying right away, you know, and every day that I prayed, I had a deeper sense of peace. I kept asking God for, give me a billboard, you know, give me a sign. And some of you know our story, right? But I just had this tangible sense of peace in prayer. Like, like, not like I feel good about something, but I could almost physically quantify that peace was deepening in my spirit. So about four days into this, I thought, okay, this is it. God's calling us. I'm sad. You know, we weren't looking for this, but, you know, I guess we're going to take this position. So I said to Melinda, Melinda, I've prayed. You know, I've prayed about this young lady, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm pretty sure God's saying we're supposed to go back to America. And she said, no way, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's like, you know, and she didn't say, I think we're supposed to stay, but she did say, I'm not hearing from God. 
you know? And I'm like, but I'm hearing from God, <laughs> you know, I think. So instead of just saying yes to the position, I was like, wow, we've got to pray more. So we prayed agonizing. I agonized in prayer. I walked the streets of Beijing, Xunyi, this area, for one to four hours a day for 10 days, only in prayer. Melinda and I fasted together. And I just say that so you understand. We really, really labored over this decision. Um, and uh, Melinda wasn't feeling any peace in her spirit. But every day that I walked, like every six hours, if, if there was a meter inside of me, I could feel the peace getting deeper and stronger and wider that this was God's plan for our family. And, and, and I expressed that to Melinda, and she respected it, but she said, I'm not hearing from God. And so the email came from, from my church. Oh, by the way, the job in Orlando that they offered me begins December 1st. Now, we're not going to be there December 1st, but my job here ended November 30th, and they offered me a job for December 1st. You pay attention to those kind of things, you know? Um, at least I do. And so um, Melinda and I just kept praying, but then Orlando emailed, and they're like, hey, you know, here's the terms, here's, here's a, a compensation package and all that. We talked through all that. And um, I said, hey, I want to do this. You know, let's get on the phone, talk about the details. And, and I did that, and Melinda was like, I don't feel peace. And I realized, okay, as a husband and a wife, we can't move forward like this, you know, with no peace in our spirit. You know, and it comes to being in unity as a husband and wife. And this ticked off several more days of what I thought were amazing conversation between my wife and I. And I thank God for the uncertainty and the stress that we went through in prayer because of the conversation that we had. You know, we deeply respect each other. She's a very godly woman, and I listen to her, you know, and she listens to me and respects me, but we didn't know what to do. I thought I was hearing from God. She wasn't, you know, so then we had this little conversation about like submission and leadership and, you know, and, you know, we've never actually like even come close to having a a conflict with that kind of thing. And that's a very important principle in Scripture. But we started to talk about that in a really healthy way. By the way, if, Billy Graham is a, is a very famous Christian leader, right? And his wife, Ruth, was one time asked, who was a great lady, you know, what do you think about submission as a wife and the way the Bible teaches it? And in English, you'll understand this. She said, I only submit if I cannot outwit, right? <laughs> so, so, my... My wife is a great outwitter, right? I mean, we've almost never had this thing, you know, become a problem. But God, instead of God just giving us clarity on the first day, he let us wrestle and struggle together. And it strengthened our marriage. And it strengthened our respect for each other. At least that's how I feel. I'm not going to give her a mic. I don't want her to tell you anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) So, But we got to the place where I said, okay, what do you need to have peace? Because I think I've heard from God. This peace is overwhelming inside of me. And so then we just decided we'll put out a fleece. A fleece is a biblical concept, but it's also not like a game. You know, a fleece is something where you ask God and you you put something out and you kind of like say, you know, God, if you can, if you show us through this circumstance going in this direction, we'll know you're leading us. And there are moments when a fleece is appropriate and God will honor that. But it's not a game to be played, right? And so we just felt in that moment we set a fleece. And I'll just skip past it all and say we set a fleece that was really something that God would have to move and do. And he did. God gave us a tangible answer to a fleece. And then later that day he spoke to my wife in a perfectly 100% clear way that she would understand he was speaking to her. 
And she said, I have peace. My heart is broken because we don't want to leave here. And we don't mean Beijing, we mean CCC. And our friends, we feel like this is family. Um, but she got peace. Um, so that was kind of how we made the decision. And I think you guys deserve to know that when a leader makes a quick decision and it affects things, you shouldn't wonder. You should know. So that's kind of what went on. Um, if I forgot anything, I'm sure Melinda will tell you later. Um, in the midst of this uh, prayer time, one of our leaders in Orlando, a lady who we've known for 25 years, um, you know, she was funny and she, she knew we were praying about the decision. And she emailed and she's like, why aren't you saying yes yet? You know, exclamation point, you know, because they'd like us to come home. And I said, I just emailed back. I said, we're confused. We're praying. Please pray for us. And she emailed back um, nothing other than Isaiah 55, 12. So I looked at Isaiah 55, 12, and it says, For you shall go out with joy, and we will be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I thought, well, that's a nice verse. That's encouraging. I'm, thank you for sending that. So we made the announcement last Sunday. And one of the godly women in this church that we're getting to know and respect and love, she sent us an email. She said, I was praying for you guys after the announcement, and I felt like God gave me a verse for you. And she sent Isaiah 55, 12. It's the same verse. You know, Bible's got a lot of verses in it, you know. They, she sent the same verse. So I went and I read it again. For you shall go out with joy, and you will be led forth in peace. You will be led forward in peace. And I would say that the defining thing that God did for me was give me a peace about the decision. Um, So that's what's gone into our decision. Um, And I tell you that not just to tell our story, but because I want you to have a sense that I believe God has called our family home. And the fact that God is in us leaving means that he's in what's happening here. And you already knew that. Um, But uh, the, the, the two other things that I think about this church that I love, and the reason why I say it's the healthiest church I've ever been a part of is because of the humble leadership that exists in this place. If you're new here, you know, and you're around church maybe in your other parts of the world for a long time, you, you can wonder, gee, what's really going on behind the scenes? Now, there's humble leadership here. Tom and Iris, the founding pastors of this church, when Melinda and I showed up, I was wounded, right? You know, and I just wanted to come here and heal. I didn't want to be in leadership. I didn't want people to know I was a part of leadership at church. The first week I was here... I signed up to serve in kids' ministry because I knew I didn't have to ask where the need was, right? I knew that's where the need was. And I served in kids' ministry for the first two years that I was here at CCC. Every time they scheduled me, any time they called Saturday nights and someone canceled, we do it, I did it. Not because it's my gifting, and you could ask the kids, not because I was good at it, right? But I knew it was a need, right? Um, and as we got to know Tom and Iris, as we got to know Robin and others, Rick and John, and others who are in leadership, we got healed of what had been hurt inside of us because we saw genuine, authentic, humble leadership. Um, And I want you to know that that's, as we leave, that's what we see in this place. Uh, Moses, uh, I'm sorry, not Moses, yeah. Well, last week I talked about Joseph. Um, And Joseph, when we met him at 17 years old, he was arrogant, he was brash, he was self-centered, Right? He wasn't much of a leader, but then God took him through a little discipleship program called the pit, right? Prophet and training. And he came out the other side with a humbler, softer spirit, and he became the leader that God could use. I see Joseph's leadership in this church. 
I see men and women who are mature, who have been broken in a sense by life, I'm sure, but in a way that they're strengthened. Joseph, when the Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, came to him and said, said I heard you've got a great skill and ability of, of knowing dreams. And I want you to interpret my dream for me. And Joseph, in his wiser years, he said, it is beyond my power to do this. See, that's godly leadership says, it is beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. And then Joseph interprets the dream because God's given him the ability to lead and to minister and worship. But Joseph has the right perspective, right? That it's God in him. May we never forget that any success we have in life, whether it be business, relationship, or church, it's because of God in us, right? It's so freeing just to know that. Um, And I could list other leaders, but I won't. Um, I want to get to my get to my point, but certainly Moses and King David and others who led in scripture, same thing, same thing. Um, and then the, the, the third and final point, when I look at CCC and I see how healthy it is, you know what I see here as clear as anything? I see the presence and the activity of God in this place. And I can say that for a lot of reasons. One reason I can say it is because of the activity that's happened inside of me and my family in almost four years of attending this place. I walked in here last week. I took two steps in the door and I started to tear up because I felt the presence of God, you know. Um, And without the presence of God, there's no reason to be here. We can go somewhere else and socialize. We can go somewhere else and hear great music, right? We can go somewhere else and hear good speakers. But the thing that makes a church and the thing that makes CCC unique is the presence and the activity of God. All right, Moses understood this. Moses having a conversation with God, and God's upset because they've done some things, and God says to Moses, Moses, you take Israel, you go ahead and you go forward, but I'm not going to go with you. I've been with you all along the way, but I'm not going to go this time. You guys go ahead. And this was Moses' response, and he nailed it. Moses said, Exodus 33, he said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorable on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Your going with us is what makes us distinct. That's what the church is about. The church is about the presence of God. Um, I'm going to work in Orlando for this new senior leader, um, and his name is Don. And Don has a quote. He's written some books, and he has a quote in a book, and I want to read it to you. Um, you know, in, in church world in America, a lot of times business language is used in church meetings. And, and that's, that's okay to a point, but then it's not okay. But it would be normal as a pastor by other pastors at a conference or something to be asked this question. What's your target market? What's the target market of your church? Oh, we're going for the hip 20-somethings, you know, right? And it's not wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you can carry that too far because in the business world, the first question you have to answer to launch a product is who are we trying to reach, right? So Don was asked this question, who's the target market of your church? Here's the answer. My target audience is the Trinity. It's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He says, I figured that if they show up, they will bring their friends. (laughs) And as you can guess, when God shows up in your church, the unexplainable happens. And by the way, God really does want to attend your church. You know, that's the guy that I'm going to get to go and work with. And he nailed it. 
You know, church is about ushering in the presence of God so that the activity of God can take place. And I see that in abundance at Capital Community Church. Um, one more scripture example, then we're going to close and uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a final song. Um, but one, one, one kind of teaching to, to, to just finish this up. Um, our church is to carry the presence of God. And wherever that presence leads us to go as a ministry, we're to go. You as an individual, as a believer in Christ, have the presence of God. And you are to turn and go in any direction he leads you. That's what we're called to do. There's an amazing story in the Old Testament. Um, the nation of Israel is at war with the Philistines. And that doesn't narrow what chapter down very much because that happened in every chapter in the Old Testament, right? <clears throat> but they're at war and the Philistines attack and, and, and they capture the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant was the place where God would choose to place his presence. And Israel was distraught that the Ark was gone and the Philistines were all excited that they had it because they thought it was some kind of good luck charm. But over a period of months, seven months, everywhere the Philistines placed the ark, trouble happened. And so they decided, we don't understand it, but this ark thing is causing us trouble. And we need to send it back to Israel. And they call their wise men, their, you know, people. And they said, what do we do? So here's what the wise men told them in 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 7 through 12. The wise men said, now build a new cart and find two cows... That have just given birth to calves. Make sure the cows have never been yoked to a cart. Hitch the cows to the cart. But shut their calves away from them in a pen. Put the ark of the Lord on the cart. And beside it place a chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors you are sending as a guilt offering. Then let the cows go wherever they want. If they cross the border of our land and go to Beth Shemesh. We will know it was the Lord who brought this great disaster upon us. If they don't, we will know it was not his hand that caused the plague. It simply came by chance. This is so important. Just two more sentences. So these instructions were carried out. Two cows were hitched to the cart, and their newborn calves were shut up in a pen. Then the ark of the Lord and the chest containing the gold rats and gold tumors were placed on the cart. And sure enough, without veering off in other directions, the cows went straight along the road toward Beth Shemeth, lowing as they went. So... There we go, right? So it's another one of those Old Testament stories that you read through and you go, what's that all about? It's another one of those the pre- preacher starts talking about it and you're thinking about lunch. You know, what, what's that story got to do with anything, right? Well, <clears throat> here's the thing. They take two mother cows who have just had calves, right? And then they take their babies and they lock them up behind them in a pen. So every instinct that these mother cows have is to go back to, the, to their young to feed them, to protect them. These two cows have never been yoked before. You've got to train an animal to be yoked. You've got to train two animals to work together. They can't get anything done until they're trained. So these wise men are saying, let's set this up in a way that there's no way these two cows are going to leave unless God compels them, unless the presence of God that's contained in the ark that the cows are carrying compels them to go in a direction opposite their nature. Do you know that God's presence is compelling you to go in a direction that's opposite your nature? Have you figured that out yet? Do you realize the struggle that goes on inside our sin nature versus the new man in Christ? Our old nature saying, I want to go back to the cows in the pen. 
right? Those two mother cows, they should have had the yoke on. They both should have turned in opposite directions to try to get back to their young. But they didn't because the Spirit of God was present. They were carrying it, and it compelled them to move in the direction he wanted them to go. My natural nature is a sin nature. I am selfish, self-centered, self-focused, self-absorbed. I want comfort. I want ease. Anybody sitting next to anybody like that? Don't, no, no, don't raise your hand. Put your hand down. Don't do that, right? But the Spirit of God compels us, right? So I was kind of telling my wife about this, and then I was going to do something up here because the, the phrase that gets my attention is that they went straight in the, other, in the direction to Israel, and they were lowing as they went. Have you ever heard a cow low? I was practicing lowing earlier this week, and my wife said, you may not walk on that stage and make that noise. You will embarrass our family, right? And I, I, we have a good relationship. I said, honey, I'm not going to go up on that stage and do that, right? <clears throat> Did you just mute me? No, she's getting ready to mute me. You've got to see this, okay? You've got to, there's two cows, and they're pulling, and they're struggling with this cart, right? And they're going along, and they want to be back over there with their babies, right? And they're pulling, and they're going, Ooh! right? Look, look at her real quick. Look at her face. <laughs> and they're lowing as they, because they're struggling. They don't want to go in that direction. Right? Oh, yeah, let me hear that. There we go. Those are real cows lowing. So. But listen, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Four years ago, when we made the decision to come to China, it was like, honey, you know, the Lord's calling us and we're going to China. You know, we're going to China, you know, maybe in your life, you know, you have a season where the Lord speaks to you and your spouse and says, in this season of your life, you're going to give finances over and above what you normally do. I am going to teach you what it means to trust me as a provider and to be a steward. And I don't want you to give 10% of your giving in this season. I want you to give 30% of your giving. Oh, oh no, you know, lowing as you go, Right? I'm going to serve in the kids' ministry. <laughs> no, it's actually a great experience, so I just kid about that. You know, Doug McGee's up here. Doug's just spent a lot of his life in Hawaii, right? Can you imagine this conversation? Doug, you're going to go minister in Hawaii. <laughs> right? Some assignments are better than others. We can have fun in church. I think it's good. But listen, there is something supernatural about your life and about this church. And it's tangible. And it matters. The elders and the the pastors and, and the leaders and their wives pray about the direction of this church. And they're like hitched. I don't think it's an accident that there were two cows hitched together. Because in ministry, you get hitched. You get yoked with other people. Who all have different agendas. But when you move by the presence of the Spirit of God, you all go in the same direction. Maybe not perfectly in ministry, but you move in the same direction. And the leaders here, they're being led by the presence and the Spirit of God. 
You know, and that's why this, to me, is a special place, this CCC. And it's the same thing in your life. And I could say so much more about that passage. I could do a whole message on it. But I want to stop there. Um, I wanted to come up and just present this, these ideas to you today. Um, but Doug, I'm going to, you know, if you're not heading off to Hawaii, you guys can come up and we'll have a final, final worship song. And, and uh, you can just let that sit in your spirit as we, as we worship and, and as we close.